You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Our theme for this Advent season is the Great Gift Exchange. And have you guys ever gone to a Christmas party where they were going to do a gift exchange and you're all excited about it? It's going to be fun. And you, uh, someone said, hey, it's about 20 bucks a person and, you know, just get a gift. And, but they don't tell you whether it's a gag gift or whether it's a real gift. And you show up, you do the right thing. You go, you buy the $20 gift, you show up and you do the exchange and you open your gift and it's quite obvious that the person did not get the same memo that you got. You ever been there? And I know you shouldn't matter. I'm just being honest. You know, it's like, what is this? This person could have gone to a yard sale next to them and five bucks, maybe. I mean, maybe five bucks, you know? Uh, Or, you know, you you just go and it's like, that's just the injustice of it all, right? I know I'm not supposed to be that way. But anyway, that's just the way it is. But I'm so thankful that with God's great exchange... His great gift exchange, we always come out on the winning end. We always come out as the beneficiaries, always. And that's what we're talking about. Out of God's perfect, generous, and overwhelming love for us, he gave his perfect son, Jesus, in exchange for us and our brokenness and our woundedness and our pettiness and our sin. He made that exchange and I'm so thankful for that. And that's, that's what we're talking about this month. Uh, he, he exchanged all of that for our sin, our brokenness, and also our turmoil. You got any turmoil this morning? You got any turmoil that you see around you or that you're living around or maybe you're living right in the midst of this morning? We're going to talk about this wonderful thing that happens when we exchange our turmoil for Messiah's peace. We are looking at Isaiah's prophecies about the promised Messiah who would come. That's our, our, our scriptural theme for each of our four Sundays. And, uh, and this is peace that would come and, and the rescue that would come and hope that would come and joy and love that would come, not just for the nation of Israel, but for the entire world, for, for people everywhere uh, dealing with uh, brokenness and sin and darkness, redeeming us not only from the effects of our own sin in our own lives, but the way our sin affects others and the way others' sin affect us. The Messiah comes to redeem us from all of that. And, and this morning, we are looking at this great exchange uh, of, of peace that God wants to make with each one of us. We're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can read uh, on the screen. We've got all the text. This is the New International Version. This is uh, God speaking through his prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. 
Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest, and they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and that you would open our our ears, our eyes, our hearts, our spirits to, to fully receive your word. Lord, I ask that this morning that you would just, uh, in your love, just speak through me, uh, Lord, not the things that I've prepared, but your heart for these people that join us in person and those who are joining us online this morning. God, I thank you that you know our names, that you love us, that you are for us, and that you want each of us to live in your shalom, in your peace. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and do your good work in each of us. Thank you again for this wonderful season. Our hearts cry, come, Lord Jesus, come. More of you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you zoom out from Isaiah 11 uh, so that you can take in sort of the context of what's happening around here, you'll find that in chapter 10, Isaiah has a prophetic word for Judah's oppressor, Assyria. And he says that Assyria... Will, would be like a tree cut down at the height of its power, never to rise again. That is the word that Isaiah gives to Assyria, again, the oppressor of, of Judah. But, but here in chapter 11, Isaiah turns to Judah, which, of course, the southern kingdom, Isaiah, uh, Israel's been divided, a, a southern kingdom, a northern kingdom. And, and, and in this chapter, he turns to Judah, the royal line of King David, and Israel's king who, who ruled in, in Israel's golden age, its glory days. And that's what they're thinking of and referring to. But because of sin, uh, Israel's sin and idolatry, those golden days were gone. There was division and they were under oppression. And the nation was like, the nation of Israel, as, as Isaiah refers to in this very first verse of chapter 11, is like a tree cut down to a stump. Think about that. I know many of us who live in this area have been seeing all the trees going down on Fury's Ferry. And there's just something, it's like, yeah, I know it's going to be better for traffic and yada, 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 but there's just something that's like, eh, when you see people just chopping down trees. I mean, it is, it's just like, eh. And, and that idea of this beautiful, huge, majestic tree being chopped down to just its, its stump. Uh, But God wanted Isaiah to tell his people, unlike what he spoke to Assyria, that there was going to be a major difference with what he was speaking to Judah, to Israel. That from that stump, a shoot would grow. That shoot would become a branch, which was the promised Messiah, who would be greater than the original tree, referring to King David, and would bear the very, very best fruit. 
And this Messiah that Isaiah is speaking of here, uh, and speaks of on many occasions throughout uh, the book of Isaiah, this is the Messiah is the fulfillment of God's promise to David, to King David, that his house and his kingdom would endure forever, and that his throne would be established forever. And of course, we know that Solomon's dead, and right after Solomon died, that's when the kingdom was divided, and we see them being oppressed. But God is speaking through Isaiah that though you are in a season of oppression, I want you to know that I am sending, I have promised, and I will be faithful to send my promised Messiah. And I'm so thankful for us as we live in a sense of maybe our lives being uh, diminished in some way, whether it's through COVID, whether it's through financial situations, health circumstances, relational issues, that from devastating loss and ruin, that our God loves to bring forth life. He loves to bring forth growth and purpose and fruitfulness. And I know that he is doing that. He is in the business of doing that for all of us. When we look at maybe our lives or we look at situations and circumstances and we see them and they sort of, they represent that sort of, that, that stump where something that was alive and vibrant and rich and fruitful, all of a sudden it's just been cut off. God loves to show up and he loves to bring life from that ruin and from that devastating loss. And how does this happen in our lives? How does this happen in our lives? We know that he's faithful and he promised this specifically to Judah. Uh, But how does this happen in our lives? It happens just like it happened with the Messiah, the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary as we read about the, the story of Jesus' birth in the Gospels, the mother of Jesus, Luke chapter 1, uh, how uh, the Holy Spirit came upon her uh, as a young woman, a virgin, and, and the Holy Spirit uh, entrusted in her uh, the Messiah who would, who would come. We see it all the way at the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis, where we see the Holy Spirit coming and, and, and the work of creation and, and darkness and void was happening and the Holy Spirit hovering over the earth. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a work of the Holy Spirit that brings forth this life, this growth, this purpose, and this fruitfulness in in our lives, Uh, overshadowing Mary, hovering over the waters in creation, and here bringing forth life from this stump that a shoot would emerge that would become a branch that would bear fruit, the stump of Jesse. And, and, and Isaiah, the Lord speaking through Isaiah says in verse two, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. But what is incumbent upon us? What's our task in this? Our task is we must welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our turmoil, into the peril of our circumstances. He he doesn't come uninvited. He comes when we say, when we just, however we say, come Holy Spirit, Lord, I need you. I, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your direction. I need your healing. I need your peace, Lord. He's waiting for us to open our hearts to him to invite him to come. That's that's what he's waiting for. The Holy Spirit wants to rest on us and he wants to give us wisdom and insight and strength and guidance. This is what he wants to do. He is not a stingy person who has to be convinced. He wants to come. He loves to come and to bring these blessings to us, wisdom and insight, strength and guidance. 
If you read the, the, the prophecies that God gives to Isaiah and you compare them with some of the other Old Testament prophecies, you will see that in the prophets, you'll see that Isaiah talks about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God more than, than any of the rest of them. And, and I, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus, God the Son, coming to earth. Uh, but that's, let us not lose sight that the birth of Jesus Christ is very much a collaborative operation from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's not forget that. Let's not lose sight of that. And without the active and empowering work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you and I can never expect to experience the peace of God. Uh, he, is, he wants to come and he wants to bring us peace. And so our Advent song should be for the whole season and really for our whole lives. Come, Lord Jesus, come, but also Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and transform me. Come and strengthen me. Come and give me your peace. In verse 3, Isaiah writes, And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. This is not something that God only wanted for Jesus, for the Messiah. This is a dynamic that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they work in tandem, perfect, perfect tandem. They, they, they work together and they want this for all of us, for me, for you. Uh, this is one of the most important ways that we can exchange the turmoil of our lives for Messiah's peace. Uh, so much of our turmoil enters our lives by things that we see, by things that we hear, whether it's through media, whether it's through advertising, whether it's through gossip, whether it's through just nonsensical speech, whatever it is, this is one of the primary ways that we take in information by what we see, by what we hear that can be very discouraging, can be depressing, can be distracting, and ultimately can be devastating to us. But when the Holy Spirit fills us and rests on us, when we keep our minds on Christ, we can experience his perfect peace. And when the Holy Spirit comes, we will not be limited by just the things that we see in the natural and hear in the natural. The Holy Spirit will give us a, a supernatural sense, a, a greater discernment. And I'm not talking about sticking our heads in the sand and ignoring life. Because life is going on, and we need to be aware of what's going on in our own lives and in the world around us. So it's not about ignoring that. It's about keeping that in mind, but realizing that's not the last word. That is not the last word. That God has the last word. And his, 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 his word is love. His word is life. His word is peace. And it's important that we recognize this. The Holy Spirit wants to heal and he wants to enhance our spiritual senses so that we can best discern how to navigate the craziness, the chaos, even the turmoil of our lives and experience peace in the midst of storms that we find ourselves in. You know, I love the Christmas season. I love worshiping with you guys all the time, but there's just something extra special about us being able to worship together at Christmas. I love it. And, and I love the, the, the story of Jesus' birth. I never get tired of it. 
And I think it's the ultimate example of a a huge priority for us that everybody gets to play. Because if you look at the story of God, uh, the God of the universe, creator God, giving his son to us, how he used very human, very flawed people like you and me to bring this about. Mary conceives Jesus through a work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is also very much at work in the life of Joseph uh, Mary's fiance. And in Matthew chapter 1, we see that the Holy Spirit, he's working in Joseph, giving him discernment and guidance so that just like the Messiah that we read about is going to be able to not judge just by what he sees in the natural and hears in the natural, but there is a Holy Spirit aid, a Holy Spirit helper who comes along and helps him to navigate what was a really crazy, tumultuous, uh, chaotic time of turmoil in his own life. Uh, if you remember, you know, they're getting married. They are, they're going to get married. They are engaged. And before Jesus is born, he finds out that his fiancée, Mary, of course, is expecting a child. She's pregnant. And they, he knows that they have never been together sexually. And so with his ears, he hears Mary's story of, of how this happened with his eyes. He sees that she's expecting. And Matthew, in his gospel, he tells us that Joseph's a good man. He is a good man. He is a righteous man who wants to do the right thing. And according to the Jewish law, the right thing to do in this situation, to be a good Jewish man, uh, was to divorce Mary quietly, not to marry her, but not to make a spectacle of her either. And this is, according to the law, the, what Joseph should have done. This was the best thing that he could have come up with to do to handle this very tough and difficult, awkward situation. And, and this is what he was planning to do, the right thing according to the law. But God had another plan. There was a new dimension of his goodness and his love and his holiness that he wanted to show Joseph. And he did so in a dream. I love it when God speaks to us in dreams. I I love the Christmas story. It's one of the things I love about the Christmas story uh, and the story of Jesus' birth. How often God speaks to the, the individuals in this story in dreams. I, I hope, I, I actually was talking to someone a few weeks ago that really encouraged me, sort of out of nowhere. He said, pay attention to your dreams, particularly over this next few seasons. And I've always been someone that God, God has spoken to me uh, about some significant things through dreams in the past. So this is not a foreign thing to me. It's not something that happens every week. Um, it's not something that happens all the time. But when it does, it's one of those things that I know, it's, it, I know when it, it's something from the Lord because it won't go away. You know, I dream about it, I think about it, I wake up and I think about it, or maybe I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, then I go back to sleep, then I wake up in the morning, it's like, I'm still thinking about this. Two days later, I'm still thinking about this. Lord, what are you trying to tell me here? And so I would encourage you um, to, to be maybe extra sensitive during this season, not just this season, but maybe this would be a season where the Lord would maybe introduce you to him speaking to you through dreams. Again, it has to line up with his word. It has to line up with the whole of scripture. But, but I love that, that God still does that. And I want to encourage you to do the same. We need to pay more attention to, to what the Holy Spirit is showing us. Um, I, I love that when Joseph had this dream, 
that an angel of the Lord appeared to him and gave him a message that, again, transcended what he could see with his natural eyes, what he could hear with his natural ears. The angel of the Lord said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what she is conceived, uh, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And that is what Joseph did. And, and I, I love it when that happens, and, and I love it when God just, in his love, shows up and speaks to us. Some of us, some of us may be so dang busy that that's the only time God can get our attention. Let's just face it, that we're not expecting, our guards are down, we're sleeping, and all of a sudden, this dream comes. Um, and I do, I want to encourage you. Uh, that's not the only way that God speaks, and that's a whole other message. But I, I do want to encourage you to, to be aware of, of the Holy Spirit's desire to, to communicate with us and to give us discernment, to help us make decisions. There are so many decisions that we make and we limit ourselves to just good conventional wisdom when God has more for his people. And I believe, and it's not about just completely throwing out conventional wisdom, but it's saying, God, I see what seems right, what seems wise to do. Do you have anything else to say about this? And, and, and pausing and listening. It can be for something as, you know, maybe as, as banal or ordinary and everyday as buying a car or you know, uh, maybe it's about taking a job. Well, this looks really, really good on paper. It makes sense. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and discernment about this matter? I, I just, I, I don't want us to, to forget this wonderful gift that God is giving to us. It's part of his invitation to a life of peace. As we, I tell you, as, as we go through things and you, and you sense the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you about specific decisions, particularly tough ones, and you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow your way. I'm going to do what you're leading me to do. And you do it and things get tough. <laughs> it is so good to know that God's with you. That what, Lord, I know I, I, I'm doing my best to hear your voice I know that I'm doing the very, very best to hear your voice, and I sense this is what you're saying. So I'm going to go with this, and you're with me, and I thank you. Again, the promise of God, I will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is fixed on me. I'm so thankful for that. The, the promised Messiah comes as a humble baby born to two poor young people. He comes. He does exactly what Isaiah prophesied. With righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with, his rod of, with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. We just got finished with a series back in Revelation, back in September and October, talking, one of the images that, that was used very often was, was the, 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 the Lamb of God, the King coming, Jesus, the sword coming out of his mouth, the Word of God. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. He is, he is uniformed. He is ready for the work that God the Father sent him here to do. With the Messiah, God's kingdom of peace has come. Jesus Christ accomplished this in the spiritual realm with his birth, with his life, his death, his resurrection, disarming the powers and the authorities of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, making a public spectacle over them, triumphant uh, over all of them by the cross. 
He did this for us. He did this for you. He did this for me. Whether you know and you're in relationship with God or whether you're someone who is distant from him, he did this for all of us. God's kingdom of peace is here in part. It's here in part. When Jesus returns, when Jesus returns for those who are in Christ, for those who have received the gift of salvation, God's Peace will come in its fullness. It will come in a not of this broken world supernatural way that is just like, wow, what just happened? And, and Isaiah gives us a picture of what this fulfillment of this, uh, of this kingdom of peace is going to look like. And these are some of the images that he gives us. He starts off the image of a, of a, of a stump just completely cut down. And and then he shows it with shoots growing out of it and branches emerging that bear fruit. And here he's giving these images of the kingdom of peace that is yet to come. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling all together. And a little child will lead them. A little child. The cow will feed with the bear. The young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest and they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. The redemption, we see the beginning of God's story, the story of of creation and the fall of man. We see a serpent playing a vital role in that and distracting and, and speaking doubt to Adam and Eve to cause them to sin. And we see and we know that because of Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection, that, that, that serpent has been defeated. And we see that he has no harmful effects on even little kids playing with cobras and young children putting their hands into vipers' nests. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day... The root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him. And his resting place will be glorious. His resting place will be glorious. That is the age to come, but I'm so thankful that God is inviting us to experience aspects of this even now. Right here and right now. The peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the hope, all the things that we celebrate and focus on in this Advent season that he invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we can exchange our turmoil, the chaos of our world, our lives, the world around us for God's peace as we we have a responsibility in this. We have something that we have to do in this as we increasingly make our lives a resting place for the presence of God. Are we singing from our hearts, come Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my mind. You are welcome in my heart. You are welcome in my life, my my home, my workplace, my social life, my relationships, my finances. Are we inviting the presence of God? Are we saying, Lord, come and make your home. Don't just come for a a short vacation. Come and make your home and in my life, your dwelling place. Let my life be your dwelling place, Lord. And how do we do that? We do that by first and foremost receiving Christ, receiving the gift 
of God's love given to us in Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation that is available to every one of us. It is a gift I can't earn, you can't earn, none of us can earn. It is a gift, though, that must be received, and we receive it by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, our trust in Him, by confessing our sins and saying, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for all the ways that I've, I've sinned against you and others and myself, and I ask you to come into my life, and I put my trust in you. It's about, as we begin that relationship with him, it's about talking to him, talking to God, just like you talk to your friend. It's called prayer, but it's just talking to God. It's sharing with him the real life stuff that's going on in your hearts. Why do we think that God who knows everything and he sees everything, he knows everything, why do we think that we can hide anything from him? And then we, 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 hide all, we try to hide all this stuff when he's there like, if you will just bring this to me, I want to take it away. I want to heal you. I want to set you free from this. I want to give you peace. Peace that we can know by reading God's word, but not just reading it, but meditating on it. Letting the word of God dwell in us richly and then not stopping there, seeking to live it out. Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to live this out in a way that honors you? Inviting his presence into our lives. So my prayer for all of us as a church family and then for each of us as individuals and as families is that we would pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. But we would also pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come to me. Come to my life this Christmas. This morning, I, as, we, as we pray together, I, I felt like there were several things that I wanted to, to highlight. I, there are, there's a lot of influence in this room. You may not look around and see that, but there are decisions that many, all of us make every day that have ripple effects on the, the lives of our own family, our own life, people in, in, we're in relationship with, friendships, maybe workplace settings that we uh, manage or lead, uh, maybe even beyond that, community kinds of influences. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to just bless us, not because we're so special, but because we ask for greater discernment, for greater wisdom, so that we would not be people who are making decisions by what we see and what we hear, and we stop there, but that we would be people who say, okay, Lord, I know what I see. I know what I hear. What do you say? What do you say about this situation? What wisdom, what insight would you give me so that I can, can lead in a way so that I can affect uh, an atmosphere, whether it's my own home or my workplace or my community that would point to you and, and, and bring the, the fruit of your kingdom. Paul talks about the kingdom of God. It's not about what we eat or what we drink. It's, it's experiencing the joy and the peace and God coming and setting things right according to his loving, good, and righteous standard. So my prayer for us today is that we would be people who are just open to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I feel impressed that we would really just press in and say, Lord, give us the gift of discernment in a greater measure. Give us the gift of discernment in greater measure. And as I was thinking about this this week, I also know that so often what God does in the spiritual, he also correlates with the physical. And so I felt impressed for us this morning, if you are dealing with any kind of 
ailment in your physical eyesight, your vision, or in your ability to hear, I want us to pray for that this morning. I, I feel like there's just that's something that God wants us to give some, some attention to this morning. And then also this morning, just in general, I live in the same world you live in. I know that turmoil is a real thing. I know that chaos is a very, very real thing. And I know for many of us, it's something that we're living in the midst of. For others, it's a situation where it's an internal fight. It's an internal storm. And Jesus wants to come up on the crazy waves. He wants to wake up from the rest in the bottom of the boat. And he wants to come up and he wants to say, peace, be still. This is God's heart for us. This is his heart for us. This is what he wants to do for us. And, and I believe that he wants to do that this morning. So worship team, if you guys want to come on up and let me invite everybody to stand.